We're going to go to two places tonight. Second Peter 1, we're going to read. We've been going in this, uh, uh, through this uh, series, Sanctification, Becoming More Like Christ. And so Second Peter chapter 1 and then Luke chapter 8, we're going to go over there right after we read out of Second Peter 1 and read over there. And we'll get to that all in a little bit. Uh, it's been a little while, so we're going to do some review of where we are and all and try to get on through the message. Oh, you, you came to church to get in tonight, right? Amen. Not to get out. I, I promise not to be any longer than what God would have me to be, but I do believe the spirit here tonight is just good, ain't it? Amen. If I'm the only one that notices that, I mean, the spirit here tonight is just awesome. So thankful. I just believe God has for something for us tonight. Yep. Yep. Second Peter chapter number one. <clears throat> look at verse number five. We'll not read all, but but we'll read here where we've been focusing. Verse five, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and uh, we have been on, uh, we, we, we got through virtue, and virtue is a willingness to please God, basically. And then we made it to knowledge, and we've been stuck there haven't we? Because we had uh, can't do what you don't know what to do, part one. And we had can't do what you don't know what to do, part two. And so I got really, I, I worked on this and, and, and the title tonight is going to be can't do what you don't know what to do, part three. <laughs> Took me a while to get that ending on that. Luke chapter eight, Luke chapter eight. And uh, look down at verse number four. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, come to Jesus, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the way, uh, by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables, that seeing they may not, they might not see, excuse me, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They, uh, they on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, 
And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Look down to verse number 18. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. I guess that we could, <clears throat> I guess that we could co-name, if that's the right thing I want to say, it's what I'm saying, uh, this message, uh, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And I think God's got something for us tonight. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father, one last time, Lord, we, we thank you for the service we've had thus far. We're thankful that you're a God that meets with, with his people. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you deal with us. And Lord, even if there's someone in here tonight that does not know Christ as their Savior, that tonight would be their night of salvation, you can deal with their heart. You can convict them. You can draw them. We trust that you do that, Lord. It would be a wonderful thing to see somebody trust Christ tonight. But Lord, for us that are saved, we want you to help us to have our heart prepared to hear your word the way that we should, that we might be fruitful Christians. Now, Lord, guide and direct in all that's said and done that we might give you honor and glory in the end of it all. And we thank you and praise you for your goodness to us and ask all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please, please do be seated. <clears throat> We're going to review a little bit because it has been a couple of weeks now since we've got all into this. We know that God made us stewards of our... Now get this. God made us stewards of our thoughts. We're to be stewards of our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then, of course, Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So we're to be good stewards of our thoughts. And learning to think biblically involves a process that, that, that God describes as a renewing of our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So to renew the mind is to change the way we think. We don't want to think the way the world thinks. We don't want to think the way the philosophers of this world thinks. We want to think the way that God thinks. I mean, it's important that we do that. Because renewing the mind can transform our lives. It does make our life different. If our, if our thinking is different, our life is going to be different. What we act, how we react, all those things are going to be different. And the instrument that God uses to renew the mind and transform our lives is the Word of God. Very thankful that we have the Bible in our lap tonight. Psalm 119 verse 30 says, The entrance of thy word giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. Thank God for that. 
The Bible says in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We know that the Bible is true. We don't have to worry about one word of it being untrue. It's the perfect, preserved word of God, this old King James Bible. And then 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And so we can be, we can be made what God wants us to be, um, uh, uh, and furnished unto all good works. It is the divine role of the written word of God of our Bible to change the way we think and therefore to change the way that we live. Now, there are two major, uh, uh, there are two primary activities by which Christian adds knowledge to his faith. Add to virtue knowledge. And, and there's two ways that, that, that Christian does that. The first is through the habit of daily Bible reading. And we, we, man, we express that all the time. Get in your Bible, get in your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Miss Pam read through the Bible in 26 days. She just finished that several days ago, read through her Bible in 26 days. I'm not just trying to lift her up, but I'm telling you, she said it was amazing. I mean, she, I'm very thankful that she's willing to put forth the effort to do something like that. Anyway, so we have to be in our Bible, daily Bible reading. Well, you think we ought to read through the Bible every 26 days? Well, if you've got that much fortitude, just have at it, I guarantee you. I, my, I, anyway, anyway I, we just need to be in the Bible every day. I guess I better stop right there. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4. And so we learn three basic truths, really, about Bible reading from what Jesus says in that. We're to read it daily. Because we eat bread every day to live physically. So you need to be in your Bible every day to live spiritually. Uh, I mean, no, no, no. You, you have to be in the Bible every day. But we read it completely because it said we live by every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God. And so we don't leave out parts of it. Well, it's real hard to, li- it's real hard to read Leviticus. I'm with you on that one. I guarantee you that can be a hard book to get through. But all of the word of God is profitable. All of it's profitable. And so we read every word. And then we read it. As if God is speaking directly to us because he is. It is his word. The Bible is a book of words that have come out of the mouth of God. We're to live by every word that come out that come from the mouth of God. So, but the second of gaining knowledge, the second is through the consistent, faithful teaching and preaching of the word of God. Sermons are important. They're important. It's important to be in church every time the doors are open. It's important to come to Sunday school. It's important to come to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, special services. It's important to be in the house of God, without a doubt. God has ordained preaching as the primary means of evangelizing the lost and aiding the, uh, to the spiritual growth and sanctification of the believer. It's very important. Uh, years and years ago, everyone did not have a Bible. Uh, years and years ago, they put out a Bible known as the chain Bible because it had a chain on it that they chained to the pulpit so nobody could steal it away and people could go and read it. I'm telling you, I'm thankful we have one in our hands. Amen. Absolutely so. Uh, so it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching, the Bible says, to save them that believe. 
I'm thankful that people can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God can convict them and draw them and that they can repent of their sin and trust Christ as their Savior and their whole life can be different, I'm telling you. Very thankful for that by the preaching of the Word of God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So we come, I mean, the Bible describes us as sheep, and so we show up at feeding time so that we might be fed the word of God. 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. You know, I've said it many, many a time, and it's absolutely the truth. We would be, we would, we would, mm, it'd just be so wrong if we did not teach and preach the whole counsel of God around here. We need to teach and preach the whole Bible. We need the whole Bible. There's a balance here. I mean, there's parts in here that tell us what not to do. There's parts in here that tell us what to do. There's a lot of parts that just tell us to be dependent upon Him, which we need on a regular basis just to be reminded that we are supposed to be dependent upon Him, that He can guide us through this life. I'm telling you, we need the Word of God. So God uses the hearing excuse me, of his word, to impart and to encourage faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we know that we come, and if we're listening, I mean, if we're really hearing the word of God, that it's going to help us. But we got to be good hearers. It's important that we're hearers. Uh, no, no, I'm not talking about being hearer, hearers. Well, I'm here, ers. I know it would make no sense, but it's like, well, I'm here. I'm thankful that you're here, but you need to hear. If you're going to be here, you might as well hear. You've got to be good hearers. Preaching and teaching are God-ordained tools for growth in the Christian life. I don't want to remain a baby Christian. Come on. I don't want to be saved by the grace of God and just stay right there. I'm thankful I'm saved by God's good grace. But God's got a plan for us after we get saved. And, And he reveals that to us through his word. Well, hell, I'm just waiting on a sign from God. Get in your Bible. God will show you what you're supposed to do you got to be in your Bible. You have to be in the Bible. I mean, it's His way, I I mean, to to grow us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mercy sakes alive, we'll never be everything that God wants us to be without the teaching and preaching of God's Word. It's not going to happen. I'm very thankful. I love Sunday school. I love the imparting of knowledge. I love to learn more about the Word of God and, 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 and such. But I love preaching. I mean preaching. No, no, I mean I, I love preaching because there's something about preaching. It's very pointed. It's very direct. And I don't know about you, but I've needed that over the years. I've needed that. 
And it seems like, I mean, so, so many times it's like, man, oh man, I feel like I'm the only one in the auditorium. I feel like I'm the only one here. I'm feeling like he's preaching right to me. Well, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, absolutely wonderful thing that he would continue to deal with us to bring us into the unity of the faith. Come on, I'm telling you, this church wouldn't be what it is today if, if, there, if there wasn't the teaching and preaching that there has been and still is in Riverside Baptist Church. It wouldn't be. We wouldn't have the unity that we have. Come on, we wouldn't have this good spirit that's in the auditorium tonight without that. We just would not have it. It doesn't have anything to do, truly, it doesn't have anything to do with, with uh, Brother Gary Williams or Brother Bill Marshall. It's just that they have stayed true or tried very hard to stay true to this book and tell people what God says along the way. And then God does the work that nobody else can do. Somebody say amen right there. It's just absolutely the truth. I don't want any credit for what's happened around here. I don't want it. I don't want any of God's glory. No, 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 no. That all belongs to him. It all belongs to him. And that's what, no, and I, I'm going to continue to point people to him because it is all about him. Absolutely so. And he can do things in our life that nobody else can do. Nobody else can do. The Scottish, uh, Scottish preacher, James Stewart, made this observation about preaching. Listen to this. He said, the aims and the ends of all genuine preaching, excuse me, is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to, vote, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. To devote the will to the purpose of God. I can't begin to, I, I couldn't begin to know, and neither could you, about uh, how many people have sat in a preaching service and God has spoken to their heart, I want to use you. I, I want you to go to the mission field. I want you to be a preacher. I, I want you to be a preacher's wife. I want you to be a Sunday school teacher. No, no, no. God speaks to us about serving him that way, doesn't he? Absolutely. That, that, we, might, that we might know that and we might devote ourselves. We might devote our will to the purpose of God. And we have to do that. No, there has to be surrender. I'm telling you, if God deals with you about something like that, you shouldn't hesitate. You ought to come down and just give your whole life to God. And then you ought to tell as many people as you can about it. Well, how come? Because that's going to keep you accountable. Because I guarantee anybody gets called by God is going to be chased by the devil. He's going to do everything he can to discourage you. He's going to do everything he can to keep you from doing what God would have you to do. It's very important that we let, know, let, let people know that God has dealt with me. And he wants me to do this or he wants me to do that. He wants me to be part of the prison ministry. He wants me to be part of the refiner's ministry. He wants me to be part of the bus ministry. I'm telling you, you shouldn't hesitate a bit to just go ahead and surrender to what Whatever God would have you to do. Absolutely so. It's just the right thing to do. But we have to hear from God, don't we? We have to hear from Him. No, it's not just good enough that we're here. We have to hear from God. So the rest of this message is devoted on how to hear a message. How to hear it. In the course of a year, God gives us the opportunity to hear about a hundred hours of Bible preaching, preaching, uh, Bible preaching and teaching through the ministry of this church. And no, no, if you come to all the services, Sunday school and everything, throughout the course of a year, you can, can pick up on about 100 hours of Bible preaching and teaching. Now, that's an, that is a significant investment of your time, isn't it? And if you're going to invest that time to be here, 
you might as well hear. And you might as well understand how you're supposed to hear. And I think, I think that, that Jesus lines it out real good right here in the parable of the sower. And we're going to try to show you a few things there. The, it, it teaches us that the value of time, listen to me please, that the value of, of time is dependent primarily on how we hear the word of God. Because you can sit in here for hours and hours and hours, come in, walk out, come in, walk out, come in, walk out, and nothing ever changes. And I guarantee you, if that's the case, there's something wrong with your hearer. There's something wrong with your listener. Because God uses His Word in a very powerful way. But we have to be willing and able and ready to receive what He has for us through the preaching and teaching of His Word. And Jesus specifically states that how we here determines how much more, listen to this please, determines how much more God will invest into our lives through preaching. I'm going to say it again. How we hear determines how much more God will invest into our lives through preaching. We've got a camp coming up. There's going to be a lot of preaching. One of the reasons that I really love Silver State Baptist Youth Camp is that there is a lot of preaching. There's a lot of fun. Man, a lot of activity. And a great place. And beautiful. And all those things. But there's a lot of teaching. And there's a lot of preaching. And I'm telling you, you get away from the things of this world for a week. And you get preached at four times a day. If you're really hearing, something's going to happen. <clears throat> But we have to hear. There's people that will go to camp. Seem like they're doing real good all week long. By the end of the week, they're just a mess. Something's wrong. I'll say it again. Something's wrong. They haven't listened correctly. No matter how they might have acted. No, 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 no. You can't really get what God has for you. That, and, 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 and then not allow it to change you to a point where some little something is going to upset the apple cart, and immediately you're upset about something. That's good preaching if I am doing it. I guarantee you. No, no, no. Because you get that much, I'm telling you, something is going to happen. So, as we go, as we come to church here, and as we go off to camp this next week, you have to have a spirit of expectation. Know that God's going to do something. I've been saying it for weeks now. God's going to do something at camp. Man, God's going to do something at camp. I want God to do something in my heart at camp. I want God to do something in your heart at camp. I mean, we need to have that spirit of expectation. Expect to hear from God. Come on. It says right there, Jesus said, the seed is the word of God in verse number 11. So the seed that he's trying to plant is the word of God. God speaks to us through his word as it is preached, as it is taught. And Jesus said in this, we read it, take heed therefore how ye hear. Take heed how ye hear. Now hold it, this isn't me, this isn't your pastor that, that, that's giving you this warning. It is Jesus warning us against developing, please listen, developing a casual, uncaring, or even uninterested attitude towards preaching. We have to be careful about that. 
Come on, we have to be careful. Oh, man, it's the parable of the sower. Man, I've heard that thing hundreds of times. And you tune out, and you're not going to get what God has for you. I'm telling you, we need to take heed how we hear. We, we can't get a casual attitude about this. Oh, well, church again. I, no, you don't come expecting. No wonder you don't get anything. No wonder God doesn't make a change in your life. No wonder you're not having victories in different areas. I'm telling you, we have to expect it to produce fruit in our life. It's what the whole parable is about, producing fruit. And we have to expect the Word of God to, to produce fruit in our life. Knowledge and understanding of God's will, that can come from the preaching of God's Word. Conviction of sin, oh yeah, absolutely so. God can ring our bell real loud, can't He? Absolutely. Uh, equipping for service, God deals with us about that and what we need to do. Growth into Christ's likeness, we hear a lot about that around here. Because we are supposed to be like Christ. We are supposed to be more Christ-like. So God's goal through preaching, listen, is not information. God's, God's purpose in preaching is transformation. He's trying to change our lives. And He is the one that can do that through His Word. Absolutely so. He wants to transform us. But we also need to develop a habit of, a habit of preparation. Preparation. Preparing what? Our heart. Because he says there in verse number 15, an honest and good heart. He talks about an honest and good heart. So we know here that Jesus compares the heart to soil. So think about this. Left to itself, it's going to grow weeds. It's going to grow weeds that will choke out the Word of God. And it has rocks in it. That if they're not removed, it's going to hinder the spiritual growth that God's Word is meant to produce. So listen to me, please. To be fruitful, the heart, the heart needs to be prepared. We have to prepare our heart for what God has for us. James chapter 1 verse 21 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted Word. So we're to lay apart all filthiness, and filthiness refers to sin. We're supposed to lay apart all sin. I mean, no, no, if we're going to prepare our heart, we need to lay apart all sin. I'll say it again, we need to lay apart all sin. Come on, we can't, we can't be willfully sinning before we come to church. We can't be willfully sinning all week long and then come to church and expect to get something from God. No, 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 we need to have our heart prepared. We need to have our heart prepared. So he said to lay aside all filthiness and then superfluity of naughtiness. And, and that picture is a heart choked out. Listen to me. Choked a, a, a heart. Come on, brain. A heart choked with things that are bad for it. And, and he names them such as cares and riches and pleasures of life. Are y'all still with me here? So you need to honestly admit that your heart needs to be changed by the Word of God. I need some help, Lord. I need you to do something to my heart. I need you to change my life. I'm sick of being the way that I am. No, 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 no matter how large or how small the faults might be, the sins might be, I need it out of my life, God. And you're the one that can give me victory. You're the one that can guide and direct in this. You're the one that can show me those hidden sins even in my life. You're the one that can convict me if I'm lost. 
that I need to be saved. I mean, God can do what only God can do. So we ask for grace to be, to, to be good hearers. We ask for the grace to lay aside every philosophy, every attitude, and every thought that is bad for our heart and to receive what is good for our life. To receive the good. Come on. Uh, the, this world pumps so much junk into us. I don't know how else to say it. The philosophies of this world, the religions of this world, I'm telling you, just a bunch of junk. I don't know how else to say it. And what we need to do is we need to clear out all that junk. And we need to let God fill us with his truth. Receive what is good for your life. I just don't know what I'm going to do, preacher. Follow what God has to say. Do it God's way. Decide that God's way is more important than your way. I'm telling you, God's not going to hurt you. He's going to help you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. He's going to give you victory. He's going to do what nobody else can do. Refuse to argue with God's word. Just refuse. No, no, if God says it, it's true. It doesn't matter. Well, God says it, I believe it, makes it so. No, 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 no. God says it, it makes it so. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. I'll say it again. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. If God says it, it is true. It is so. So quit arguing with God's word. I mean, just take it at its face value. Amen. I'm telling you, God could do more in our lives and our hearts if we would just read and believe and act upon what God's word says. Determined to accept what God says. But also we have to listen with a spirit of attentiveness. Because he says there, having heard. Having heard. Having heard the word of God. So we need an open Bible, don't we? It's a good thing. No, no, no. It's a good thing. Everybody ought to bring a Bible to church. Everybody ought to have their own Bible. And everybody ought to bring a Bible to church. Everybody ought to have it open during the message. Everybody ought to be looking, following along. I'm telling you. No, no, no. We're being attentive. Why are we doing that? We're being attentive to what God has to say. I mean, we want to know what God has to say. The primary way that God speaks to us is through what is written in His Word. But we also need an alert mind. It, it takes more discipline. Yeah, boy, we need an alert mind. You, you know, it takes more discipline to go to bed on time than it does to get up on time. We have to purpose, we have to, purpose to do things, don't we? Come on, we have to purpose. Uh, refuse to allow the devil to steal from your heart the truth that God is trying to sow into your heart. Don't let the devil steal it away. Don't let that happen. We also need affirming lips. <laughs> what do you mean, preacher? Well, you know, amen means it is so. <laughs> and it's really very good when we understand something that is said to say, amen. Well, nobody understood that. <laughs> Maybe I ought to go back and start over, Brother John. I don't know. No, no, it's not a bad thing to say amen during the service. Well, what's a big deal, preacher? Because it will help people who don't understand or even don't believe to know that there are people here that understand and believe. 
It's like, it's like, yes, sir, amen, that's so. That's right, preacher, we need to listen to that. That's right, preacher, you're hitting a nail on the head. That's right, preacher, keep telling us the truth up there, amen. Say amen in a bad thing. No, 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 it's not a bad thing at all. And as I have always said, it's going to help you stay awake. It'll keep you from saying it at the wrong time if you stay awake. Amen. And then we need to experience growth, get this, through responsiveness. What do you mean? Well, he said to keep it, the word, and bring forth fruit with patience in verse number 15. To keep the word, to keep it. So we grow through responsiveness. I'm still not following you, preacher. James said it this way in verse, uh, James chapter 1, verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word. You know, we're challenged every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, unless Brother Micah is not here, and we're challenged some, even when he's not here, at least to pass out. We're, we're challenged to get the word of God out there to pass out tracts. We're challenged every Wednesday night. People say, amen, boy, that's good. And then they walk out and they never pick up a track. They never invite anybody to church. They never give anybody a track at McDonald's or Wendy's or Cracker Barrel or gas station. People will come if they're invited. And everybody needs the gospel. They need the gospel. So really, we are supposed to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I mean, we were given the command that we're to preach the gospel to every creature, weren't we? Well, I just don't see how that's going to help me. Give it a try. No, 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 no. Give it a try for a month. Get you a big bunch of tracks and those new invitation cards. I sure like them. Get you a big bunch of those and just pass out several every day or wherever you go. Just invite people to church. And if that doesn't help your spirit, you come up to me and I'll give you a refund. I'm telling you, it'll help you. Anytime we do what the Word of God says to do, it helps us. The best measure of how well you're listening to what God says is by what you do with it what you do with what you've heard. Am I, am I really listening? Because there is always something that God wants us to do in response to His Word. Always. Always. It may be, it may be a promise to believe. Or a command to obey. Or a sin to confess and forsake. A sin to recognize and avoid. Or, or it may be a, a characteristic of Christ-likeness in which we need to grow. Or it could be a ministry to perform. But I guarantee you God's speaking to us. And we need to react. We need to respond when He does. So let me wrap it up with this. Well, we did good. 
He said we're to do that with patience. And the word patience reminds us that growth takes time. And I understand that. Growth takes time. Been saved 37 years. I ought to be grown a lot further in my Christian life than I should be. I know that. But growth does take time. But we have to be willing to give the Spirit of God. We, we, we have to be willing to give the Spirit of God the time that He needs to transform our lives through the Word of God, which we hear. We've got to be willing to do that. Lord, change me, mold me, make me. Lord, pull some stuff out of my life or put some stuff into my life or whatever needs to happen, Lord, please, please. I have to admit as a pastor that I get discouraged at times that people don't use our altars more. Well, how come, preacher? Because I'm telling you, a trip to the altar when we're very honest with ourselves and honest with God is life-changing. No, it's absolutely life-changing. It can be life-changing. It can. I'm not just trying to get you to come to the altar, but I'm trying to get you to come to the altar. We need, to, we need to respond and be willing to give God that time to change us with what we've heard. But no amount of time will produce the fruit of growth until the appropriate seed for that fruit is sown in our hearts. And that's why we all need, all of us need to sit under Bible teaching and preaching. And we need to take to heart the admonition of Jesus to take heed, what he said, take heed how we hear. Take heed how we hear. I think people get to thinking they can just do whatever they want to do. And, and I think people are moving away from, from, from established old worship ways and praise. I think they're moving away because they're not hearing well. They're not really listening. They read their Bible. They even preach the Bible some. But even in their own preaching, they're, it, they're not getting it. Man, we need to get it. The kind of listener I am will determine how much growth the Word of God will produce in my life. I want to encourage you. We're, we're going to have camp books for those that are going to camp. I want to encourage you. Take notes. Well, I'm not real good at taking notes. Well, just keep it open. If God speaks to your heart about any little thing, write it down. Even if it's just a short phrase. Even if it's just one word that you need to hear again, write it down. I, I, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, determine. I, I mean, I mean, listen, Lord, please speak to my heart. I mean, every service. I mean, every service, whether it's here, Sunday school classes, here, uh, 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 all the camp services. I mean, listen to what God has for you. And as you will take that, whatever it is that God has for you, because again, it takes time to grow. Understand that. But God deals with us right where we are, doesn't He? 
Come on, whether, whether, you, whether you feel like you're a babe in Christ or you've been saved and really grown in Christ or anywhere in between, I mean, God continues to work on us, doesn't He? We're headed to camp Sunday afternoon, Lord willing. Determine that you're going to go with a heart that is prepared for whatever God speaks to you about. And, and an ear that is ready to listen to Him Speak through the preaching and teaching of His Word. <clears throat> Can't do what you don't know. But God will tell us what we need to do, won't He? If we listen. If we have an ear to hear. Don't let it fall on stony ground. Have that heart prepared for whatever God has for you. That's good for camp. That's good for Riverside Baptist Church. Definitely so. Let's all stand. Stand with me if you will. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Father, we just come to you and yield to you at this point. The word has been preached. We pray you'd take it. We pray you'd use it. We pray you'd do what only you can do through it. I don't know how you've spoken to hearts tonight. I pray folks will respond. There may be some little thing that's keeping people back. I, I pray they'll repent of it even tonight. Come down the old-fashioned altar and just repent of whatever is standing in the way of them being closer to you. Uh, I, maybe there's something that you want someone to do and they've been fighting that. I pray tonight they just yield to you, surrender to completely whatever, whatever it is you'd have them to do. Lord, they just yield to you. Let, let your word do the work that only it can do. And Father, whatever needs to happen around these altars, I pray it happened tonight. I, I pray you'd make us good hearers. I, I, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would... Be ready always, Lord. Not just this next week at camp, but right here, Riverside Baptist Church and Sunday school and, and church services. I, I pray that our hearts will be prepared, Lord, that uh, it'd be good soil, that the seed of the Word of God would produce good fruit in our lives. Lord, bless this next few minutes as we open up the altars. We pray and thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.